0: Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode two hundred and twenty-two, and this episode is with the lead medical, rehabilitation, and performance coach at Accrington Stanley, Matt Donnelly. This is a really interesting one for me because Matt and I previously worked together at Wigan, so it was great to catch up with him and reflect on some of our time there. We spoke about his career. We spoke about some of the experiences that he's been through with different clubs and a number of different clubs and squads across his short career so far. We talked about the difference between academy, pre academy, right up to first team as well, working with different ages of players. We spoke about sports science on a budget, how to handle that, how to get around that, how to make the most of um, that situation. We spoke about keeping a squad fresh across the season. And a big squad at Accrington as well with the demands of that league. Um, A very demanding league with lots of fixtures. And then we also touched on managing long-term injuries, which I know they've currently got at the club. So how Matty goes around that with it basically just being him um, in that role as well. So it was really, really good to catch up with him. Matt's a great practitioner, doing some incredible work. So it was great to catch up and reflect on some of our time that we worked together. As this podcast goes out, there is still time to book yourself onto our next networking event on the 31st of January at Huddersfield Town. There's practitioners from Leeds United, from Rotherham, from Blackburn Rovers, Rochdale and Huddersfield all attending at the moment and more to come as well. So go to footballfitfed.com and click the shop tab and the networking events, and you'll be able to pick up tickets there if you want to attend that event. The topic for the evening is going to be all around alignment of performance and development in professional football. And we've got three presenters all from Huddersfield. We've got Paul Bauer, Luke Dobson, and also Callum Adams all presenting for us. So go and grab your tickets now. Also, a big thank you to everybody that's left us a review recently. The iTunes reviews are building slowly, but they are building. So if you haven't left us an iTunes review and you do listen over on iTunes, please click the five stars and leave us a short comment. I really would appreciate it. And then after doing a little bit of digging on social media, it looks like the majority of people actually listen over on Spotify. And we only, we've only we only got around about 30-odd reviews on there. And they don't need to be written. You literally just click the five stars. So if you're on Spotify listening now, just pause the podcast Click the five stars and then get back to it. I really would appreciate it. Just before we get into the podcast, I want to say a massive thank you to our sponsors. First of all, Hytro. Have you ever tried blood flow restriction for recovery? Hytro have developed the world's first BFR wearable, unlocking the recovery benefits of BFR to support athletes. BFR is no longer just for one-to-one physio or rehab. Hytro allows teams to use this safe and scalable sports BFR device post-exercise to dramatically enhance recovery whether in the changing room post-game during away game travel in the hotel or at home Hytro has created a simple and effective tool that allows BFR to be delivered to athletes and squads simultaneously, safely and more conveniently than ever before so go and check them out at Hytro.com or you can email Warren that's Warren Bradley on Warren at Hytro.com to find out how high-trail BFR can give your athletes a competitive edge. And also a massive thank you to Rezil for supporting the podcast. Matt actually talks about Rezil and some of his experiences with Rezil in the podcast as well during the rehab phase with his players. So go and check them out. Rezl.com is the best place to find out all information about them or at Rezl over on socials. And I hope you enjoy episode 222 with lead medical rehab and performance coach at Accrington Stanley, Matt Donnelly.
1: Rezl is the world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Whatever your
0: team, your sport, your ability, improve your game and train like a pro. Reactions, performance, accuracy, stamina, resilience. Train at home in the Rezl Sports & Fitness VR Training Arena. Search Rezl, R-E-Z-Z-I-L. The world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Available now on MetaQuest. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast, this is episode 222, I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Matt Donnelly, Matt's the lead medical, rehab and performance coach at Accrington Stanley. Matt, how are we doing?
1: All good, you
0: Very good, mate, very good. It's been a little while since we've uh, had a proper catch-up on it, so it'd be good to yeah, get exactly. into into what's been going on.
1: Yeah, exactly,
0: no, thank you for coming on, mate. I appreciate it. We um, we go back a little way, don't we? Because we we spent a bit of time together at Wigan, which I'm sure we'll cover in a little bit. Um, yeah. I've also some mentioned
1: cold. <laughs> is what? some cold nights on the Astor safe and being his age, moving off goals. Yeah,
0: Mate, there was, there was, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into a bit of that in a little bit. But um, I've just mentioned your role at Accrington now. But take us back, mate. Give us the story. What what's led up to this role?
1: Yeah, so um uh, went to Edge University, um study sports therapy. Um and on the on the and um, on the placement I worked at LeBoolge Academy and um also done like a like an international academy and, from them placements, that sort of guided me into the roles where I stepped into pretty much straight after um, graduating. So uh, I worked for a team called Airbus UK, they were playing in the Welsh Premier League. Um, but that was through my placement provider, Richie Partridge, who um, was the physical battle of girls under-21s. Um, just sent me a text one day saying, are you free to cover some game? and I was like, yeah, that was keen as anything, wants to do anything to like trying to press me for that. And uh, before I knew it, I was uh, meeting a, a group of lads just in North Wales to try to fresh that in a way. Um, so pretty much a couple of weeks um, in my third year it was. So I was. I was on placement waiting for the team. No one knew there was a physio bag that turned up and I was running on in front of a couple of hundred people and somewhere in Wales um, and then also that year as I said on the international um, football like academy run by a couple of coaches um, who also worked at Wigan spent two weeks with them got on really well and um, again just after graduation there was a, a post game available at Wigan so I, I applied for and Sent them a message to say, Listen, I'll, I'll apply for this, um, this job uh, at your place. You think you will put a word in for me? And they, they put a great word in. And uh, I got like a casual role with the club. But at, at Wigan, I, I was able to work from the underage to the first team within two years. Um, and I, I felt that was some uh, great achievements and what the club allows me to do. From working with the pre-academy, you know, going on a on, on a Monday, working with the, the under sevens, the under um the under sixes if we the them, in. um and then within an eighteen months or so I was working with the the um the schoolboy release for yourself, you know, doing doing the warm-ups and looking after the lads getting them ready for the, the scholarship years and I sort of digressed with a few of the age groups into the scholarships of I've been also with the 18s and then the 23s physio left so I got asked to step up so within the same week of working with the under the under 8s I was working with the under 23s and there was a time where we um, we had to go, go in on Christmas and I, and I remember saying to Russell, Russell who was the, the head physio I was like um, you, you know, that's New Year's days, aren't you, Rush? And he was like, Yeah, yeah, come in, mate. And I had some plans, and I was like, That's oh, nice, okay. <laughs> I had to Come in and do an assessment. And I think because you came in on that day and showed that I was committed, and um, you obviously didn't smell the alcohol on my breath from the night before, you said to me to so come in. And um, the, the next day, and beyond, you know, helped them out for the first team game against Ludwig Fields and the champion. So that was great, and I had some great times at Wigan. Um, and at the time, I, w- I was still working with with Airbus within the Welsh League. And then an opportunity came up, um, and Bangor City was um, turning on full time the next season. Um, enjoyed my time with Bangor, unfortunately, because of financial reasons, and um, got into a little bubble with the league. Um, but the all show qualified for the Europa League then the following season. So it was a bit of a kick in the teeth. And um from Bangor, the opportunities came up to go to Arkansas. Um and I was just sort of working part-time with, with since to start. And after a couple of months, the, the manager came spoke to me and said he likes to offer me like a full-time deal, um, full-time contracts and um, been there ever since my role's changed all over the years um, since I've been there. But yeah. It's been a been a long, long couple of years since graduation. I can't believe it was in 2015 that I graduated. So I can still remember the my graduation day, but yeah, it's been a long but short roles as well.
0: Well across that time mate, you've not only obviously worked with a number of group of players but well, different ages, like you said, under. But well, if we go right down to pre academy, under six, right up to yeah. up to first team level, what's the the experience been like between that? When you're taking those really early academy ages, working up to first team, what's been some of the key differences for
1: you? I I, I keep saying now because I, uh, I still work, with but, um, but I times to keep to keep my hands and all all on full time at nothing I still like to work within the academy setting because I say it say to a lot of therapists and physios who meet children, are one of the hardest um, clients to work with in a way because they don't fully understand their body yet. So they're telling you that they've got a short hamstring, but the, the whole in the quad, um, <laughs> they don't really know the body and some of the test what you do to sort of eliminate a few things. you will say, yeah, that's short. And that's nothing to do with the injury, they've what, what they've come to say. So working with the younger age groups, I, I do find it um, more challenging in that way, but then it, you've got to adapt to what you're doing. Um, and then working in the first team environment where winning's everything, and that, that three points on a strategy, you know it, it means a lot to everyone who's around there, and it almost sets you up for the weekend if you lose and the changing room it can be a lot a lot harder and, and you know people's jobs are almost on the line and then you can go back into the academy setting where the you know the kids are just running around and the, they're still they're still full of energy after the game and they won't be able to sell you on the Monday morning if they won or they got beat on the, on, on the weekend or is there, you know that they scored to and it doesn't matter so and, um, yeah, it's it, it's great to have both sides and it's it's great to work all the way up and uh, at the moment in, in League One. Some of the players you we've worked with, like Carl uh, Joseph, um Jenson Weir, you know, all coming through the academy and you're seeing them as a fella from a, a young age into being a regular starting in the league. And, you know, it, it's great to see them and it's great to have that connection with the players and especially when you come up to you and you say, yeah, Matthew, how are you doing? And you think you might have played a tiny, tiny part in their career, but they're still coming up to you and speaking to you. So, you know, it's great.
0: Yeah, 100%. Because that, that, especially for coaches early in the career, it's a, it's quite a hard one to get the head around, isn't it? Because everyone thinks that natural progression is to go academy, get experience at academy, go through to first yeah. team. But I think what you're talking about there, it's it's still picking up different experiences, isn't it? Like, first team, very much on results. Like, it has to be based on performance. That's just what first team is. And I'm sure we'll get into it, but the amount of games that you're dealing with, keeping yeah. players fresh across across the whole season, across the squad. Whereas Academy, very much focused on development. And, like, you've mentioned a few players there that, that we work with. Like, you see those players develop so much over like, a short amount of time as well, don't you? It's a, it's a place yeah. where, as a coach, you can be quite creative, I think, as well. So, exactly. it's really hard to decide what, what sort of path to take, isn't it? But I, I really like the, the fact that you're you sort of keeping your toes in with both.
1: Yeah, then, and it, even at the start, as, as a, when I was working with Airbus, pretty much straight after my graduation, um, when you were speaking to everyone on graduation, say they're like, oh, what are you doing? What are you up to? And I was like, i when i working with this team in Wales with just qualifiers in the Europa League um, qualifiers. So, five days after my graduation, I, I flew out to um, Croatia for the, the first round game. So, it was, it was unbelievable to do that. And then the, the week later, you're back in the academy where there's not that much pressure, but I've just been on a, an international flight to, to a different country and um, it's a really big high prize, if we was have won that game, it would have been, you know, career changing for some of the players, It would have been more in the spotlight and um to get that extra win bonuses and stuff for them players, It it's you know, they, they're they still working, they were still semi-pro footballers, so getting a win bonus with them, you know, can help pay their mortgage and then, as I said, dropping back into the academy where there's a little bit less pressure on the results and it's just more about making sure the player develops as a player, as you said.
0: I've said before that like across these few years, you've got a lot of different experiences. So if I was to say, if you were to speak to a younger coach, what would be your advice to pick up experiences like this? Because it'd be very easy to sit in one role, wouldn't it, for five years? Yeah, and see those definitely. five years go by in the blink of an eye. But you've you've constantly like, put yourselves in experiences that are very, very different. So, what yeah. would your advice be for someone like that?
1: I think, as I, I said, my, my sort of career started when I was in university and I came from placement providers. And when I, I, I have quite a good relationship with you, Clanner, and get students in a lot of the time, and I say to them, Don't just have this is your placements, go out and um, go and do other placements alongside so this. Yeah. And you meet more connections and, you know, going to events such as yourself, speaking to um, different people. And that's how, sort some, of, some events and some um, some opportunities can arise, is just getting yourself out there and, and speaking to different people. Also, don't be scared of taking some money. I've done, I've covered American football games I don't really know too much about the sport, but it was definitely related to it and um it was definitely interesting to watch and just observe. observe how people do different things. Mm. Um but it, it's definitely getting out there, speaking to people and also just being being yourself in front of someone as well. Don't be trying to overshower or overboard, just be yourself in front of someone and you'll go, you know what, yeah, I like him, I'll, I'll ask him to does you want to come back and do this? So you just got to be be yourself, and I say to the students quite a lot: don't be as it has just be yourself. Don't yeah. try and show and you know, do everything great. Right.
0: Yeah, definitely. You said before about the your roles changed across your time at Accrington. So going in, yeah. I think you said you went in initially casually, and then obviously it's gone yeah. to the full time role now. So, but can you give us a little bit of? Detail on
1: how yes. that transition. Yeah, they, I, I got a message on um, LinkedIn of the, the physiotherapist. He was Paul Keaton. Um and he obviously seen my profile and seen that I had first team experience as well as like a, a academy experience. And he, the, at the time, I think just got promoted into League One, obviously League Two, and um, obviously it's well well documented that Athens haven't got this uh, large amounts of money so when I, when I spoke with Paul he was like we can give you extra amounts of money from the first team and you can top the, the rest of your money up with the academy so just doing hours with them and as he said it, I just kept on coming in and he was like you don't have to come in on this thing. I was like no, no, I, I, I wanna come in, I wanted to impress but I also wanted to learn as well, I wanted to be around environments. Um obviously that that was a lifetime, I wouldn't have been able to carry that on for you know for years and years. But while I was still um, quite new into the into the industry, I thought it was a great chance for me to, to learn from someone else and to be around the first team. And I said that that pays off and the, the manager shut me down, offered me a full-time contracts and still even when I, I off, was doing the full-time work for the first team and then was still helping out with the with the academy on a Sunday, still doing them games just to top my wages up, more importantly, but also to get experience and to keep, to keep my hands in it. Um, and then the, the following season that I was thrown in at the defence, the uh, up decided he wanted to do it under 20 for, for the first time. And then the, the head visual also left. Um, so all of a sudden the first week back in pre-season, I'm running the show on my own with an extra squad. So at that point I had almost 30 players um on my own. I had to get the students to help me quite a lot. It's good um, you had to the show
0: to an uh, American football team then, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Large squats and yeah uh, very little hands <laughs> um look, luckily enough we you know we, we got through the season and um, we were able to look at it again later on into the into the next season um, and um Paul Morgan then become the head of like the medical chef at the club um and he shot it all machine and we brought in a, a mother physio and shows that to help us with the first team and might all slightly change, but I was still doing the the running on and uh, from the season before, still running on the on the pitch and taking control of the, the rehab sides of it. And that's when it sort of came more into just focusing on the rehab and um, taking the lads from the injuries. Or, you know, got, I was the one assessing them on the pitch, taking them off, and then following the the whole pathway uh, through the injury. Um, and then, sort of, the last couple of seasons, as I said, just more tones in onto the, onto the rehab as we've brought some other members' staff in, but he, he's mostly working with the under 23s now. So, Paul's then went on, went and left to join Preston North End, and um, it's almost back to the, the skin and bones as what it, well, it was a couple of, couple of seasons ago with, again, a much bigger squad. I think we've got almost 42 players as in first team and under 23s. Um so just I think driving driving home to say it and obviously I had a, a great hair in my beard for the first <laughs> time. So I think that was this um the season starting to take its toll a little bit now.
0: Mate, a lot of people listening when I read your title out lead medical rehab and performance. Obviously there's some clubs in positions where they'll have numerous staff on on each one of those titles but it's just real life isn't it with with football that yeah. someone like yourself is going to be spinning a lot of plates one thing that comes to mind straight away is managing your time not only with with the responsibilities that you got there but also like you mentioned the amount of players that you're dealing with so how'd you go about that
1: um yeah it's it's I don't think there's uh, any formula to sort that. Uh, my phone's busy as soon as I wake up to, to when I go to sleep. There's, there's always a player or someone asking me a question about about something. Um, as, as I said, at the club, I, I'm the one who's managing the GPS as well as the the protein and supplements. So that's two more companies where I need to liaise with them if anything's going wrong. More um, need to order more bits and then we haven't got a chef at the club like many other clubs, so we, we use a company um who, to provide meal preps, and again that goes through myself, and um, so the food, the GPS, the supplements is all coming through me as well as my normal job of um creating the rehab plans as well as sorting the students to when we're going there, um and then alongside all that I'm doing my Masters as well as long working <laughs> with Edison. <laughs> so um, if, if there was eight days in a week I think I'd still be busy Um, mm-hmm. but at like, the end of the day I'm, I'm working in the industry what I, I enjoy and I can see you know I've got an end goal in, in the game and that's what I'm always working towards because well, you know although it, it can be busy at times, there is a lot of time, time where you can't get things done. Um, and it's always remember to, you know, to check in and to have yourself at the forefront and, you know, look after yourself as well as looking after everyone else and just doing the best of what you can do in the time you've got. Um, and I think when you're in them sort of situations the people around just see oh, how hard you work so no one's ever going to be coming at you to say, like, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? I think people who know you and um, are working alongside and understand the, what you're going through. So, um, yeah, there is no formula to manage it all, but there are ways to manage it better.
0: Because you consciously or subconsciously, you must have created quite a few sort of systems within your workday of, yeah. of dealing with the amount of work. Like you mentioned, probably only some of the roles that okay. you actually take on and responsibilities throughout the day. So there must be quite a lot that you've sort of developed and put in place where you're like, I have to have this in place for me to deal yeah. with everything. Because then, then also the stuff that you can control, isn't there, that you know that's coming for the day, like a player yeah. coming in for a rehab session or whatever it is. But then there's also going to be things that happen that happen on that day that you have to react to. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, definitely did. yeah, go on, sorry. how oh, they having the students on boards obviously with being in such a small department, they can take quite a lot of the loads off themselves and by send I send my rehab programmes also over WhatsApp and to the to the players at the start of the week. And it's almost they know what they're doing. So as long as they, they read that they have to come in at such a for achievements and at that this time they have to go to, to do the pre op. And then this time, that's when they actually do the rehab sessions and that's what it consists of. As long as they've had a good chat with me, they've got some sort of ownership on, on that session and what they need to do. And I can always go to them, well, if you haven't done this, this and this, I can't do anything with you. So you need to go away and do that before you come and see me. And again, that frees up a bit of time and it allows me to manage um, who is here, and when is she, you know,
0: yeah, quality. I wanted to touch on this and probably cover a little bit of our time at Wigan as well. This as well, um, but a bit of sports science on a budget because there's going to be a lot, a lot of coaches out there that haven't got the the millions to spend. Well, yeah. you've just mentioned some of the sort of initial, I'm, I'm guessing, initial steps and additions that you put into the program. The the likes of GPS, meal prep, supplements. Um, how have you gone around that though, with with limitations?
1: Yeah, I did. As you said, you know what, our time and, you know, working in the academy, as most people who work in academies will realise, you you don't have the facilities what the first team have got. You know, most of the time you're out in the um, or, you know, you you have a sports hall for half an hour. You haven't got everything, so you have to be inventive in what you do. You know, using the body weight is like, you know, you quite often done with a, a lot of the players and um, you're just doing movements with them and trying them to get a better movement quality and I think from that that time of working in the academy on very limited resources and also working in semi-professional football you can't go in and say to the manager we need this this and this it just doesn't it doesn't happen you know for you to say that you want to uh, buy a, a barbell for 200 pounds you'll be saying well oh, I can be a player for me for a month mm. you know it's not it's not um, it, it's it's not feasible for for some clubs but you, you learn to adapt and then from that I think that also helps with for myself doing the sessions when I'm not going into a gym I'm, I've sort of got a room and barely any equipment so you have to adapt on what you're doing even coming into Huntington when, when I when I first joined the club it, it had a a porter cabin, twenty by twenty, and it had like a, a home multi gym, and um, a few dumbbells. What were all odds and rusty, and um, a few like mats and a few foam rollers, and I think there was a a, a bench, but you know, with, like the the leg extension at the ends of it, really? what was like the foam pads. Well, like yeah. almost like a nineties home gym sort of vibe <laughs> right to it. Um, that was when it when I first joined the club, and thankfully over the years and many emails and awesome pe- pecking the managers, yes, we've been able to get like a leg press machine, a you know a, a rack with you know a hex bar and um, a few of the Olympic bars, dumbbells, the cable pulleys, and a few spinning bikes and. You know, for a, a lot of the, the big clubs and a lot of the players who are coming on loan, the shorts are still giving an eye nice into the gyms, so the shorts say, you know, you're, you're happy with this, but compared to what we had when I first joined the club, it, you know, it's great and I'm, I'm happy to share you that doing work with the community trust that the with the club with Shanz here with um, black box and um, for the gyms to come into where we actually train at the community and um, hub. So, we're going to have a, a mother gym for us to use. And um, so, although the two small gyms, we've been able to work it. So, in both gyms, we, we should be covering what what we need to do. But still, in that time, we, we've had to improvise on what we do because we still haven't got all the equipment. We still haven't got all the, the fancy um, tested equipment what um, a lot of clubs have got. So, we have to be in, inventive in and, and w- and what we do with the rehabs um or so you know go out external at the club and um, so using stuff like St George's Park or the other performance, you know, it's great for us because the player gets to work in a, a high performance facility, um, as mm-hmm. it's to a, you know a converted port card of what we've got at the club. Um but yeah it, it's just more building the time and building the case of getting to that point. But there's still ways you can work on a on a very small budget. We didn't have GPS when I first joined the club. And again, just sort of saying I think I um, Catapult they, they gave us alone loan for the season. So we, we were almost like, yeah, you know, we're, we're happy with this. And then, then that also gave us a bit of information to say to the manager like we could really do with this going forward. Um and luckily enough the Catapult were really nice to us and um give it to us for the second season on certain terms and then he said around answer now you need to start to cough up. So we we finally started to go with them to um to get the teasing and that's something what I go like, through myself. Again I'm no expert on it. Um I've developed a alongside you know just trying to to get into certain teasing and learn from certain researches and listen to you know some people who've been on your podcast. To, to see what they're doing with their data and how they use it but it's a, it's a case of just getting yourself in there and trying it out and seeing what it works for you again I, if I was to move on to higher clubs I wouldn't be near any of the GPS data mm-hmm. unless it was for specifically a rehab session but I think it's good to understand the roles of different people in a club so when you're working for, with someone you can maybe give them a hand or you know you'll have a better understanding of how a club works.
0: If you're unsure of what our online community includes, as a community member, you get access to webinars on a number of sports science topics, presentations from our networking events, whether you can attend them or not, discounts from our partners and also our events. You get access to our members-only WhatsApp group where there's great conversations. There's also job opportunities that come up every, every now and again as well. There's access to Q&As from a number of different coaches and a community of coaches right around the football world, literally every country you can imagine, all available on the community, all for only £4.99 per month. So if you're not already a member of the community, the good news is you can sign up for a free month, for a free 30-day trial to see exactly what it's all about by going to footballfitfed.com. Click the community tab. Sign yourself up there. It'll give you one month free. After that free month, like I said, it is only four pound ninety nine per month going forward, and you get continued access to everything I just mentioned. So go and check it out. Here's part two of the podcast with Matt Donnelly. Yeah, you again picking up so many experiences in that role, but I think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we talk about like different facilities, and obviously you've named like sort of rehab for performance, world class facilities yeah. that players have access to but then you see so many good programs being delivered in pretty bog standard gyms as well don't you like players yeah. players mindsets being on point and programs just just dealing with what they've got in front of them and there's a lot of people that spoke about it on the podcast as well that not only from a player's perspective as it actually developed them because they've had to sort of just get get down to it and get and get cracking but also as a coach, you have to be, again, you've got to be creative, haven't you? You've got to take it back to what are we actually trying to achieve right now? Yes, we don't have all the fancy kit, but what can we do and what can we prioritise?
1: Yeah, and I, I think for the, for a lot of coaches, and you know, I know for myself, um, lockdown, um, during COVID, that, that really helps with a lot of people's sort of thinking because not, not many people have access to gyms. Um, so you have to think of new ways on how you could possibly get that load, how you can stick that exercise down so you can do it at home on the stairs or something. You know, I, I think that sort of, you know, chokes a lot of people's minds into sort of slipping things back and maybe thinking like, yeah, I had an Achilles rupture just before COVID and working throughout COVID where we have no access to gyms and um, how we had to use different sort of ways to, to combat it, Um it, it was. It, I think lockdown for me that really got me thinking about myself and me do this exercise without the equipment. But then all of a sudden, when you're given limited access to, like a kettlebell, you think that you've got this, you know, high performance facility. But in reality, you've only got a couple more pieces of equipment. And I think a lot of coaches will um, relate to that. If when you get given a couple of pieces of equipment, you're like, right, i am doing this, this, and this, this. And then once you get a bit more, you you change everything completely. But there'll still be some foundations of what you used to do, still within that program, somewhere along the line.
0: I think the message for a lot of coaches, again, coaches probably earlier on in the career, is make sure you get these experiences where you don't have, like, okay, if you're on an internship at a top club, great, you're going to have some amazing facilities. But also, like you've done, pick up some experiences where you don't. Because yeah. I remember having conversations with you out on a pitch and be like, this is what we want to try and get out of this session, but we don't have any kit. So how are we going to go about it? And I think they're, they're really key, aren't they? Like you need to have experiences like that.
1: Yeah, well, what we was the kid for the resistance bands also. <laughs> you know, yeah looking at the sheets and thinking what, what can we do with them chairs over there yeah that was the reality of it wasn't it 100% 100% yeah dude. I think having them them um, sorts of fundamental in your career of working with that he limits his equipment it'll set you up for a much better career It it's on the line once you do have access to all that equipment but for a lot of new graduates and um, you won't you won't have access to that state away. So it's better to have a little and then build yourself up
0: Yeah, definitely. Just going back to your current role now with the yeah. um the size of the squad. Size of the squad, demands of the season as well. Like it's a demanding league, isn't it? How
1: yeah. have you
0: gone about keeping players fresh, ready, um repetitively for, for game after game?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's tough. As as that is man's in game, you know, we're asking our players to to run, at least ten and a half k a game, um, and we're playing Saturday to to Tuesday, so it's almost like firefighting in a way. If you're just putting out fires. Players get knocked; it's it's not their fault. And um, there's there's injuries through training and games, which again you can you know put certain things in place like having recovery days. Um, and, and doing, trying to tailor the sessions and having a, a strong pre to make the player more robust. Um, but again, I, I, I don't think there's too much of a, a magic formula, like, especially at the moment for ourselves, we have really had a, a bad luck with, with injuries this season. We've had six injuries and um, what have required surgery. ACL Achilles rupture, post tension, and core repair, um, proximal hamstring repair, um, all of that needs are like a vice from top specialist and um, going going to have surgery and then then be gonna- coming off out for long term, you know, minimum of three months. Some of them out for you know to- up and nine, so it's Again, they need a lot of one-to-one time and a lot of dedication into their work and having a, such a large squad on top of having a large injury list, it's it's quite demanding. Um and you can also all, all, almost say that, you know, when, when there's too many games and you're thinking it's doing far too much, but the players you're playing, you still need to stay fit. So you need to find that far, far balance of What's working for the lads out who are playing and um, keeping them fit enough, but not over two minutes so you're going to have more people on the team at uh,
0: And do you find you said before about sort of putting responsibility on the players and saying this is the work you need to do now, sort of go away and do it? Yeah. Do you find that with maintaining fitness, freshness throughout the season as well? Can you pull on expect obviously you're going to have some younger players, but the more the older players, the, the experienced players, is that something that you can sort of pull on a little bit more from?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I always say to um, we we use the law market quite a lot. So of our players from um, Chelsea, we've had them from Everton, um, we've had them from Man City, we've had them some from some of the best academies in the UK. Um and it's very different for them to come into the club while I' not got an s and C coach hasn't got a nutritionist hasn't got the sports scientists telling them what they need to be doing on this day and they haven't got the TVs on the wall with tell them what's under they and stuff like that they're almost coming into a foreign Wales, coming into League 1 um, and I, I, I try and catch them quite early usually when they're doing a medical or on the first day it's like, this this isn't like the club that you've come from We'll do what we can for you, but you've got to have some, some ownership now and almost um, take some responsibility in your career of looking after yourself and making sure you're ready, because year on year, I'll see it every season that um, players are sitting on the bench for a while, as like some new players will. To, and then an injury happens and they're starting the next game and um, our coach and staff want them to be ready for that game, and they want them to be firing on all cylinders and last them for ninety minutes. And for some, I've seen, I've seen some really um, dedicated top pros who've come from the top academies and come into clubs and they just get on with it. They, they love, they, they love how it is the way it's not so strict, as you know, they have to do things in this time. They can do it um, in their own time as such. Um and then some players sort of abuse the fact that there isn't a an SNC coach there or a sports scientists who is saying nice getting the gym. You need to be doing this, or you need to be doing the top up runs and it always shows when they come out and play on the pitch that they're um they're not up to and He's only ends up playing many games or he ends up picking up an injury because the runs are worked. Um, and that's just the reality of how it is. When you haven't got many staff, you, you can't really baby too many players. But also, I think for some players, and even speaking to them, they're, they're happy that they come to a, an experience like that because then they know going into the the career, they know what works, what works for them and what doesn't mm-hmm. um, and what they can do if no one is there really. So, um, it, I think it's just good experience for myself as it is for the players.
0: You see that that mentality quite early, don't you? As well, I remember there was a number of players that we we sort of worked with, yeah. and you saw that that sort of, they wanted to do more. They'd ask questions yeah. when you gave them something; they did it, they got on with it. But you're always going to have that number of players that, again, probably talent wise, is pretty equal, if not more talented. That just need that step by step approach, don't they? You need the hand holding.
1: And I, I again I, I said it, it it's not it's not the players. Um, yeah. and you know the, uh, I, I don't just have that conversation and, and leave that to them and say like, well, oh, it's up to you, know, you know, throwing it in the deep end like think, oh, It's it's not a case of like that. If you know that the player, um was, uh, he, with the rehab so I know that the certain players who Myself or when the students have to be with and stay with them through the whole session because if you tell them to do eight reps, they'll only do three reps. (laughs) They'll go and stand and talk to someone who's in the gym Um, and then there's some lads who you know you can just go, here's your session, go through a few of the exercises with them and you know they're going to be as good as goals and you can just Mm -hmm. pop in and pop out. Um, As I said, with the amount of injuries well, with. We've the season, it's almost impossible to give them players the one to one time, what you could do at the top top clubs. And um, but unfortunately it's a case of knowing who, what players you can trust to go out and just work on their own and um also who, who needs that little bit more time of hey you need to work on this or come through that exercise.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I just want to touch on one final topic before we get into the quick fire questions. And it sort of ties into that is around long term injuries, because I know that there's current situations that you're going through with players. And I've had conversations on the podcast, most probably recently with Josh Rice at Tottenham, where we were talking about, obviously, players on long term rehab programs, it becomes tough for them. More psychologically than anything, isn't it that they're away from the first team environment? Yeah. How have you dealt with that? Like, and also with it just being you, it, I imagine yeah, it's yeah. quite tough to keep them keep them involved at the same time as getting their work done.
1: Yeah, it's a, it, it's a it's speaking to the player more than what you probably speak to your partner at home. It's almost understands them what what works well for them and. Um, I'm quite happy with players going, you know, if they've got like a, a of, um injury where they're going to be out. So I've got an Achilles, an Achilles rupture at the moment in the next year, um, where they could potentially be out, you know, a very long time, you know, best part of the year. Um, it's letting them, you know, almost go home and relax as well as when they're in, in the gym, you know, you're working hard, but of, you know, you know, the, the guys at, at Regal, I've worked with them during the, the real process, I'm trying to keep it fun and interactive, I just, you know, we haven't got all the equipment, but there's people who have got equipment, and when you reach out and you speak to people, the more than four I've come with, allowing you to, to use their equipment, and luckily enough, over the years, I've had connections at Blackburn, and, and Everton, and Wigan, where They've helped me out with um, long-term injuries and for the player, as you said, psychologically, working in a new environments and um, using different pieces of equipment. They love it because mm. they've been using the same piece of equipment for weeks on end and the same four walls So going out and doing difference. Um, you know, difference. Uh, I really like doing the, the virtual reality that the, the wrestle um, with a lot of the long-term boys because they haven't kicked the ball for a long time and they they, they feel like they haven't been in the game well like they haven't been in a game and it, it, it's really good cool them some the targets in place for players and you can say them when, when was the last time we'd done this and they were all such and such and and you can see the you know the slice in the face that they've done something but you know when they were in the dark patch they couldn't think they were doing and yeah. it's when they're in a cash or in a booth, getting them to walk normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they're lifting over you know, almost twice the body weight on a shirt and moving you go, Do you remember when you you, you were struggling with walking when you're getting out your booth? And sometimes the players and um, they forget where what certain punch they was in the rehab, and you'll get you'll get frustrated and you'll go they have like a little setback, but you go, let us let's, let's bring it all the way back and let's look at it. What you used to struggle with, you know, before the, before the surgery, or you know the daddy's first part. You remember when you come to this, and it's almost checking in. But I think um, understanding the player's massive part of it, um, and also understanding your limitations, as in what you've got for um wise, and also what you can do for the player. If you think someone else is going to be shooters, or um, they're going to have Better equipment, what's going to give you better feedback, reaching out to them and say, listen, I want to do this with this player. Is there any chance we could use this piece of equipment to do it? And I think, you know, a lot of people within the football industry, the good people so they will help you out if they can.
0: Definitely. Quality, mate. Really good. Let's get into some of the quick fire questions to wrap things up. So I always ask who are or who have been some of the biggest influences on your
1: career so far? Um, strangely enough, I've, I've known for a while I wanted to, to wear him football but I've also known for a while I went that he goes at football so <laughs> um, I knew that it had to be in a different capacity in some way and I, I used to, I'm still season to Rosa um, at Edison and Mick Rathbone running onto the pitch, I was thinking that's probably the closest I can get to being on a fuzzy pitch running on and um from an early age uh, uh, I was looking up and I was sort sure of like shitting on my she seeing what Michael Afboving done. Um but yeah the, I I'd say that he sort sure of inspired me into doing what I'm doing and um working that very, very close with what Paul Morgan at the at He sort sure he showed me sort the emotional side of the getting to know the players and Almost just doing everything he can to get them right, but putting the player first rather than the club first.
0: What a guy, Mickey's by the way, absolutely tough, tough man.
1: Still, still speak to him, and again, that that was surreal for me. So, as he says, watching him run on the pitches, myself a little lad's, but watching him run on the pitch, and um, he came and worked at Acklington for a a short while. uh, when Paul left and next minute I am am Lingham McLaughlin and for myself I was thinking <laughs> this is bizarre, this like I come couldn't, couldn't believe it. and I was telling people who went to match with I was like obviously they weren't too fussed because they're not they're not like in the physio or the sports science industry <laughs> um, for myself I was like wow you know like I, I was made
0: Yeah, class. Matty, what would you say your biggest strength is as a practitioner?
1: Um I, I, I like to say that I, I'm putting the player first so I, I always build up a good relationship with um, the fit players or the injured players and just getting that sort of understanding the, the emotional side a bit of you know I understand that it's, it's going to be a bad time for them and they might not be coming in singing and dancing every day but that's sort of my job to to change their outlook on what they're seeing the injury is but also understanding that they can feel shots, you know, they can mope about a little bit because that's showing what they might need to do, let's say. Yeah. Um, so probably the emotional side of um, the whole management.
0: I was going to add to this as well, because obviously there's not many guests that have come on that have actually I've worked with. And yeah. I'll echo that because I think if I was to get asked a question about yourself, I think that players trusted you because you had those conversations as well because you, you asked the right questions in a, in a way that wasn't sort of coach to player as well. I think a lot of the time you, you had conversations because it was genuinely, well, it was genuine. You wanted to find out about whatever it was, experiences, injuries, whatever. So when players were working with you, there was no hesitation about getting the work done or very, very often players wouldn't have, hesitate because they trust, They had that trust there. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a great group as well. Eh? So, you know, like, Joffrey is now at Leeds and Alfie is at Spurs. And yeah. as uh, I said, Carl and Jensen who went on and you know, did, got big moves and put they playing in their Clean League One. Sean McGay, James Gallagher, you know, like players who are going to have a, a very good career. I think we were, I think, very lucky to have some of the players in the Academy there. And they were all uh, now top pros. And at the time, they were developing to be that shot almost easy to work with them, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Really good group. What would be your top advice if you were able to speak to a younger Matty, maybe just coming out of university? What would be the top of career advice for yourself?
1: Um, good questions. To be fair, I think just get any experience, maybe branch out into t- different sports. Obviously, I, I've always had that, almost like a a leisure focus on working football so okay I've done a couple of games for other sports but maybe it's a branch out into athletics or something just so I can see a different industry industry, Um, and see how they work Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would have been beneficial to me but yeah just trying to get as much experience and possibly many different ways as you can
0: and then also, what's your approach to CPD? Obviously, you mentioned the masters now, but continual yeah. development as a as a practitioner, apart from the three million jobs you have to do on a daily basis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. How do you approach yeah. that? I, I listen, you know, I've probably listened to most of your podcasts uh, that are classed as like a CPD, because you're learning off of people. Um, and I, I, I tend, I'm quite a visual learner. So, if possible, I go and watch, um, I've been into four, four surgeries now, so I've been luckily enough to sit in and watch what a surgeon does, so I've had that um, sort of understanding of what actually happens during the surgery. Mm. And then when I'm working with the player, when a player says to me, oh, this is short, I can say, yeah, that's because he was... Smashing it with a hammer in that part, <laughs> and the shot of actually screws into that part, so that's why that's going to be a little bit sensitive. I me, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, d- just trying to do as many courses as you, as you can, and again, that can be a great time to-, to network and get speaking to people. Like, um, I've spoken to, m- to many people who you're to, he you won't, um, he won't message you back because they're uh, you know, top top clubs, um, but. As I said, there's a lot of good cool guys in this industry um, and they, they will give you the time to say when they do have the time. It might not message your state back, but I think just having them conversations and picking someone's brains about one or two things, you know, it can, it can give you a lot a lot of knowledge.
0: Yeah, definitely. Matt, if anyone's got any questions or they literally just want to follow what's going on, where would you direct them?
1: Um, LinkedIn or um I'm on Instagram and um, Twitter, MD Sport Therapy on both of them. Um, I, I've had it before in the past, plenty of you know, students, sorry, and, and people thinking about going to university, dropping me a message and speaking to me. Um, and I've, said, uh, I've had to go to relationships with universities about placements. So uh, I might have said no to one or two people because we've got the students in, there's always a the sign we can get people in and speak to people no problem
0: Class really appreciate you doing that mate that was top to catch up and uh, yeah we'll stay in touch
1: Yeah great cheers for
0: Well that was great to catch up with Matt really appreciate him coming on we the reflection on our time at Wigan was great because we, it really was well, we did have some great staff And some great players that we were working with as well. So it was really nice to reflect on that time. And it's also great to see people like Matt going on and doing so well with their careers. And I'm sure he's going to go on and do some really good things as well. So really good to catch up with him. I think we covered some really good topics as well. In terms of takeaways on this one, I love when he said about kids not understanding the body... So it challenges you in a slightly different way as a practitioner coming holding the hamstring and talking about the quad, for example. I think it's just a a different way of working and and working with different ages can give you different experiences like that. Doing extra as a practitioner as well. Obviously, Matt has picked up a number of different experiences with different squads and teams and he's done that by putting himself out there and going above and beyond and I think that's a really important message for practitioners as well. I think... He mentioned about when he got hired at Accrington about the coach mentioning that he had both first team and academy experience. And that came from doing that extra work. So I think that's a really important thing to think about. When you're picking up experiences earlier on, it might seem like you're just doing it for the sake of it. Think about your CV. Think of how that looks. Think of how that makes you stand out against other people that might not have different experiences. So going working in the Welsh Welsh League, we're going working with semi-professional clubs, academies, even amateur clubs, go and pick up different experiences and then also giving players ownership I think it's a really another really important factor that Matt talks about, obviously the size of squad dictates that for him, I think it's something that we need to consider anyway though teaching players, educating players and giving them a bit of ownership on the programme not only will increase buy into the programme, but also you'll learn a lot of lessons from players along the way as well so Brilliant stuff from Matt. Really, really enjoyed the chat. Go and check him out. He's on LinkedIn. You can search his name. Donnelly spelled spelt with an E. So D O N N E L L Y. Or you can go and check him out on Twitter and Instagram. The tag is both the same. So it's at MD Sport Therapy over on Twitter and Instagram. And also, Matt, he mentioned his experiences with Rezl in the rehab process. Go and check out the work the guys are doing at Rezl as well, They're doing some brilliant work. With loads of teams in football from different sports now as well and the technology is coming on all the time. So go and give them a follow at least over on socials at Rezzle or you can go on the website rezol.com for more information about how they could potentially get involved at your club as well. So a big thank you for listening to the podcast. Please go and leave us a review either on Spotify or iTunes and I will speak to you again next week in episode 223.